you so much. Take your Bibles and turn with me to Luke, the Gospel of Luke in chapter 4. Our theme, of course, for the year, victory in Jesus. A lot of areas that we need victory in. Every area of victory uh, comes through Jesus Christ. Every area. It doesn't come through our own will. It doesn't come through our own power. It comes through the Lord Jesus Christ alone. True victory, lasting victory. And tonight I want to talk to you about victory over temptation. And we're going to use the perfect example. Sometimes we have good examples. Uh, a Bible word is in examples. The Bible speaks of the in examples from the Old Testament, the examples from the Old Testament. And there are many good examples, but we're not going to look at a good example tonight. We're going to look at the perfect example, and that's the example of Jesus Christ. And I want us to look at verse number 1 through 13 of Luke chapter 4. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan. Now, let me stop here just a second. I want you to understand what has just happened. Before we go any further, Jesus has gone down to John at the River Jordan. And he went to John and said, I want you to baptize me. And John said, what? You should baptize me. Imagine that conversation. I can't baptize you. You should baptize me. And, but, of course, John baptized Jesus. We know that the Spirit descended. Uh, we heard the, the words from heaven. Behold my beloved Son, whom I'm well pleased. We know, the, we know the passage. We know the story. Right after the baptism of Jesus, we find chapter 4. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, being 40 days tempted of the devil. And in those days he did eat nothing. When they were ended, he afterward hungered. That's 40 days, by the way. That'd be kind of hungry. Uh, bon, you wouldn't survive. Uh, we see in verse 3, And the devil said to him, If thou be the Son of God, command this stone. Let it be made bread. And Jesus answered him, saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. And the devil, taking him up into a high mountain, showed him unto all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee in the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me, and to whomsoever I will give it. If thou therefore will worship me, and it shall be thine. Jesus answered and said unto him, Get thee behind me, Satan. For it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thou serve. And he brought him to Jerusalem, and set him on a pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down from hence. For it is written, He shall give his angels charge over thee, to keep thee in their hands. They shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus answered and said to him, It is said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through all the region round about. Let's pray together tonight. Ask the Lord to help us as we examine this thought of victory over temptation. Lord, we come to you this evening admitting that we struggle. Lord, a great battle, the battle of the mind, 
the devil is engaged in. Lord, we need victory. Lord, we confess that so often we fail to trust you. So often we fail to receive the victory that we have through Christ. Lord, as we focus on this victory that is through Jesus Christ, Lord, tonight would you help us? Dear Holy Spirit of God, would you convict us and show us how we can have victory over temptation? Lord, we need your help. Thank you, Lord, for being our victory. Bless us now in your precious name we pray. Amen. For anyone here tonight that would say, Pastor, I, I never have any problem with temptation. Uh, I would say that you struggle with the temptation of lying. Uh, that's probably the biggest temptation you're dealing with. We all struggle. We all struggle with that temptation. Every time I get a plate of food, my dog struggles with temptation. He wants it. He desires it. And I'll say, no. I'll smack him on his nose. No, it's not for you. And then the soft touch over there will say, oh, come here. I'll give you something. And he struggles with temptation. Yet he's not the only one. We all struggle with temptation. But... I'm here tonight to tell you we have victory. Amen. By the way, it's not through the power of positive thinking. It's not through some humanistic model. I praise God for all of those that are working and helping. I think of all the addiction programs, and I know those that are struggling with addictions, and I'm, I'm thankful for all of those uh, folks that are helping and all the programs to help those in addiction. It's a very real problem. But can I tell you, an addictions program is not the answer to victory of temptation. I believe there's some wonderful addictions programs. I believe there's some wonderful components. But a program is not the answer to temptation. A, a church, by the way, is not the answer to victory over temptation. Your, your family is not the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. And tonight, if you will, I, I want you to go with me as we examine Jesus being tempted by the devil. And that, that seems so odd to me. That the devil would come to Jesus. Yesterday, our, found our family uh, group chat, Lizzie sent a picture of cassava cake that she made. How many of you tried the cassava cake today? It's good. I think Lizzie earned her Filipino wings today. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she, if she would put cheese on top, she, then it would have been, anyway. But uh, she sent a picture of the cassava cake. And, and Hannah commented, Hannah's hardcore. Mm. Hannah doesn't eat sugar. Hannah, Hannah's, she's got the, the willpower of, uh, uh, of a professional athlete uh, and her mother's stubbornness. But <laughs> Hannah said, I won't be eating any of that tomorrow because I'm a Christian. And there was a joke about, I'm not going to have any of that because I don't eat that stuff. I don't eat sugar. But guess what? I had some. I went by and went, huh, that looks pretty good. I'm going to try that. <laughs> so often, we say, I don't have a problem with that sin. You know why we don't want to admit we don't have a problem? 
<laughs> because we want to keep playing with it. Oh, no, I, I can handle it. I can quit anytime I want. I just don't want to quit. I want tonight, I want us to see Jesus Christ as the devil tempts him, as our perfect example. As I mentioned, there are many examples and examples in Scripture, but this is a perfect example of Jesus. And as we think of that tonight, I want us to see some things. If we intend to have victory, and by the way, we should have. We, we, as we focus on our verse for the year, 1 Corinthians 15, 7, but thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory. If we want that victory that God wants to give to us through Jesus Christ, one thing that is vital for us to know is how to have victory over temptation. Because I promise you, only one week has passed in 2024, and every one of you have already faced the devil. Every one of you have already seen his ugly face going, hey, how about this? I remember watching as a kid the, the goofy things, you know, people you know, opening the coat, like, hey, you want to buy a watch? Remember that cartoon as a kid? I remember when I went to New York City and literally a guy went, hey, kid, you want to buy a watch? I went, wow, I, I've seen this all my life on TV shows and commercials and cartoons and movies. And I bought a watch uh, because I, I didn't have the victory over temptation. But if we're going to have victory, we have to learn how to have victory over temptation in our life. Satan doesn't want you to experience victory. You know, if you're a, a sports fan, here's, here's how most sports fans act. They cheer for their team, and then they cheer for any team that is playing the team they hate. It's the way it works. My wife's family are diehard Ohio State Buckeyes fans. So they root for Ohio State, and they root for anybody that plays against Michigan. That makes them happy. If somebody beats Michigan, they're almost as happy as if the Ohio State won. They don't want Michigan to win. They hate Michigan. They wish all the Michigan players would die. You know, that's the way they feel about Michigan. Can I tell you, the devil, the devil doesn't want to see you have victory. He doesn't want your family to have victory. He doesn't want your church to experience the victory through Christ. The Bible says your enemy as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to end victory in your life. Jesus here in our passage in Luke 4 suffered temptation and trials. Now, one of the reasons he did so was to prove his deity, to, to, to experience and to prove who he was, to be our example. The Bible says here that he was led, notice in verse 1, led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, who met him in the wilderness? The devil, right? Now, how many of you think the Spirit knew the devil was going to be there? Sure. It was on purpose. Now, our pattern is not to go into temptation. Jesus goes in the letter of the Spirit to teach us how to deal with temptation and how to victory over temptation. Number one, I want you to notice here the pattern of the tempter. The pattern of the tempter. I grew up in the home of a coach. When I was a very young boy, when I was born, my father was a high school football and wrestling coach. I grew up with books on the, on the shelf in our home, you know, about Bear Bryant, and Lou Holtz, and, and, and all the great coaches of that era. I, I, I knew about coaching. I knew about football. And I... I understood that because I grew up in that environment. 
But my dad has told me stories about how years ago before they had internet. How many of you knew there was a time before internet? I know that's hard to believe. A time before we could pull out our smartphone and take a video and send it to somebody. They used to record football games on reel-to-reel recordings. And my dad would have to drive up to a place called Little Hawking up near where my wife is from. He would have to drive up to Little Hawking. That's where they, the place where they all the, the reels win, all the video reels. And he'd have to drive up there and, and get the reels, the reel-to-reel footage of the teams they were playing. And he would take that reel-to-reel footage back to his office and he would watch the football games uh, projected on a wall, the grainy reel-to-reel footage of another team. And he would find out, as he watched that footage, what were the weaknesses of the team he was going to play. He, he would look for weaknesses in their defense. He, he'd look for weaknesses in their offense. He, he would look and see, okay, what are the strengths that we have to meet? How are we going to face this team? What, what are they bringing to the table? He didn't want to go into the game blind. He wanted to know, who are these people? What kind of plays do they run? Uh, what's their pattern? What... Uh, who's their power players? Is their quarterback? Is he? A, do they run a lot? Do they throw a lot? How does it work? So whenever he was coaching, he could pull his team in and say, "Okay, guys, I noticed that they're normally going to draw to the left side for a screen. Uh, be watching that. I noticed this, and tell them how are we going to face this other team? Can I tell you tonight that the devil, his pattern, hasn't changed much." And it's ridiculous to me that the devil keeps doing the same thing and we keep falling for it. His pattern here we see in Scripture. The truth is he doesn't have a whole lot of plays. He doesn't have to use a whole lot of plays. Why? Because we fall for it. The reason he doesn't need new tricks is the old ones keep working. They just keep working. The good news is we can pay attention to Scripture. And we can see the pattern and we can gain victory. As we think about the pattern, number one, or letter A, we think of the temptation of the flesh. The temptation of the flesh. Kind of the first play of the devil. The first play of the devil with Christ. The devil began enticing Christ with temptation and appealed to his physical appetite. Jesus hadn't eaten in 40 days. How many of you think you'd be hungry after 40 days not eating? How many of you think you'd probably be dead? You can raise your hand, Bond. Bond would die. Uh, we, 40 days. I mean, after 40 days of not eating, I might eat tomatoes, Maud. Uh, I, I might even eat something I don't like. Jesus was hungry physically. Remember, he, he became flesh. The same flesh you have and I have without sin. The devil came to Jesus the very first attack, the very first temptation, and Christian, almost always the very first temptation that faces you and me is our flesh. He appealed to Christ. He appealed to him in a moment of weakness when he was hungry. He was fasting in the hot and barren Judean desert. It's significant that Satan doesn't usually attack strength. He attacks weakness. The Bible calls him a roaring lion that walketh about seeking whom it may devour. Did you know a lion doesn't go after the strongest, strongest prey? 
The lion reaches out for the one that's weak, the one that's far behind, the one that's struggling. The devil goes for weakness. Christian, it's a dangerous time in your life, in my life, when our flesh is weak. The devil will show up. He will reach out. It's a time when we can sink into self-pity. We often make mistakes or rationalize. We let our guard down. We rationalize by saying, well, I, I really feel like I need this. I really feel like I, I deserve that. The Lord knows that I really, really have to have that. And the devil uses that attack. The first sin here that we see in Luke chapter 4 that Satan tempted Christ with was the misuse of his power. He said to the Lord, hey, why don't you just turn this rock into bread? Let me ask you a question. How many of you think bread is sinful? I know Hannah will raise her hand, but anybody else think bread's not sinful. Food is not sinful. Eating is not sinful. Jesus was hungry. Bread was not sinful. So what's the problem? The sin was Christ using his power for something other than glorifying God. So often we want to take a real desire, a need, and we want to fulfill that need outside of God's pattern and God's plan, and the devil digs in to find that hole. Our flesh becomes weak. The devil knows it's easy to convince us, hey, I deserve that. The Lord knows it's, it's okay. And we're willing to take it. When I go fishing, I haven't been ice fishing yet because I don't want to fall through the ice. But uh, when I go fishing in the summertime, last summer uh, I went fishing for walleye and wobman. When I was fishing for those walleye, I had a jig with a little rubber grub on it. and I didn't want those walleye to think, oh, look, it's a little lead jig with a rubber grub. That was not my intention. <laughs> my intention as I was fishing is I would flip that jig under and I'd bring it down and lift just a little bit was to get those walleye to think, that's food. That, that's a fish swimming around. And I caught a bunch of them. You know why? Because I tricked them into thinking that was food. That was good. The devil tries to get you convinced that sin is good. It's okay. I mean, everybody's doing it, right? I mean, it's just a natural desire that I have. I mean, how could it be so bad? The devil came to Christ, first of all, through the temptation of his flesh. Number two, or letter B, the temptation of ambition. Our first target where the devil comes is our flesh. Our second is ambition. The second temp temptation occurred when Satan showed Jesus the kingdoms of the world. Now, I love the wording there. It says in only a few moments, just showed him all the kingdoms of the world. I'd like to go on that tour. <laughs> just a few seconds. I saw it all. And he offered him power. The purpose of Jesus' coming, Jesus said, was to seek and to save that which was lost. We find that in Luke 19. 
The devil tried to say to Jesus, if you will, hey, let me give you power. Let me give you authority. Let me give you recognition. Let me give you self-gratification. It's yours. Just take it. The devil wants you to be filled with self. Because when I'm filled with self, I'm not going to be filled with the Lord Jesus Christ. He offered Christ to be filled with ambition. The devil did not lie, by the way, when he said, this is mine. I'll give you what you, for now, it's his. He's the God of this world. Not because he bought it, not because he earned it. But God's given him power in this world. He said, I, he's the prince, the power of the air. He said, I, I give whoever I want power. You want power, I'll give it to you. Can I tell you, the devil did not only come to Christ with that ambition. He comes to you and I. Tries to get us to seek ambition. Tries to get us to seek power. Tries to get us to seek our self being worshipped. Our self being lifted up. Our self being empowered. Can I, can I make a statement that I think is very vital? It is very important to realize that not every promotion, not every success, not every business opportunity is from the Lord. Well, Pastor, the Lord opened this door. Did the Lord open the door? Or did you open the door? Or did the devil say, hey, why don't you walk through here? You need to be careful. We blame God for a lot of things. Was well, the Lord led me here. The Lord let me do this. The Lord will let you disobey. But the devil tries to get us to seek our own self, our own gratification, our own lifting up. Not only that, but number three, this, the third pattern of the tempter of Satan. We see, letter C, the temptation of pride and sensationalism. What did he do? He said, the Bible tells us he brought him up to the temple, the pinnacle of the temple. Historians tell us that was about 70 feet. About 70 feet up. He brought him up there. And he said, jump off. Jump off. I remember a funny story my pastor told about a dream he had. And I believe it was John R. Rice, he told the story, the dream was about. He said he was had a dream that they were preaching the gospel. And they had a great crowd, and they were all outside the building. The streets were full of people. This was a dream. And he said he was with Dr. Rice, of course, uh, Dr. John R. Rice. And Dr. Rice was there preaching, and preaching about faith. I believe it was Dr. Rice and in his dream. He said, in the dream, he said, Dr. Rice told the folks, he was on top of the building, went over and said, I believe in God, I have faith in God. And he said, he went over, went over to my pastor in the dream and he said, hey, in a little bit, I'm going to jump off the building. He said, now when I jump off, 
He said, we've got a plan. There's a mat down there that's going to catch me. It's going to be hidden. Nobody's going to see it. They're going to think that I jumped off. He said, then you're going to keep preaching. He said, now, when you jump off, you're going to jump off right there on the concrete because you have great faith. He said, about that time, he woke up in a great sweat, and he was scared to death. Now, can I tell you that Jesus is up on the pinnacle? And the devil said, hey, jump off. Why? Why did the devil want him to jump off? Because the devil knows the word of God. Jesus could not jump off and die off the pinnacle. The Bible says that God had given his angels care for him. The moment Jesus jumped off that pinnacle, the angels would imagine the scene. Mommy, why is there a man up there? Mommy, why is that man jumping off? All of a sudden, the angels of heaven swooping in and lifting up Jesus Christ and elevating him. Imagine, if you will, the pride, sensationalism you and I would feel by being lifted up. That's why the devil said, hey, jump off. Let the people see who you are. Jesus always said when he healed people, don't tell anybody. Be careful. Don't, don't, don't let anybody know. Why? Because it was not time for him to be glorified. The devil said, hey, why don't you glorify yourself? Why don't you lift yourself up? Why don't you let people talk about how good you are? So that temptation of pride. Temptation was a way for Jesus to gain the attention of the Jews. By the way, the Jews who rejected him. The Jews who said, you're not my Messiah. <laughs> and there were bumper stickers and all the chariots in that day, not my Messiah. Uh, they didn't want him. They rejected him. Understand that would not have been the plan of God. The devil knows if he can get your attention and my attention off Jesus Christ and on ourself, we've lost We've lost. His voice, the devil's voice, tempts us to be self-reliant. So we, we, we've seen the pattern. We, we've watched the play-by-play. -play. We've watched the game footage. We've seen how the devil attacks Jesus. And by the way, he attacks us the same way. He attacks Adam and Eve the same way. He attacked Cain the same way. He attacked Achan the same way. He attacked David on the rooftop of Bathsheba the same way. But just knowing his game plan is not enough. Just knowing his power, his pattern is not enough. Number two, I want you to see, and this is vital, the power of Scripture. The power of Scripture. As we look here in chapter 4 of Luke, we see not only the pattern Satan uses to tempt us, but we see how to properly respond. The power of Scripture Letter A, the scriptures promise a way of escape. The scriptures promise a way of escape. Every time temptation comes, there's a way out. Whatever the temptation, anger, pride, lust, ungodly friendship, we're never forced to sin. It's never, oh, I had no other choice. I had no other opportunity. I had to do it. There's always a way out. Amen. God's provided a way to avoid sin. Someone once said, the reason most people have trouble resisting temptation is they don't want to discourage it completely. They don't want to take the way out. We need to respond properly 
and promptly when we're tempted. The temptations we face are common. They're not unique to us. Psalm 119 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. God promises a way of escape. The Bible says with temptation will be bundled together a way of escape. How many of you have ever had jerky before? I saw something yesterday. Revolution, it was like a light bulb moment for me. I saw a picture on social media of someone who packaged some jerky. And it was a revolutionary idea. Inside the package of jerky was a dental floss pick. <laughs> Vacuum sealed. But the mother's genius. Uh, it's perfect. You eat jerky, what do you need? Always. Every time, I'm like, okay, i got to find... Uh, I gotta find my. Oh, there it is. I got it with me. Okay, I can have some jerky. Uh, you're always looking for a way. I gotta get that jerky out of there. Bundle it together. That makes sense. Understand, we bundled together with every temptation is a way of escape. So not only do the scriptures promise a way of escape, but they provide. Letter B, they provide a way of escape. The word of God does more than promise. It provides. More than just an empty promise. It's a provision. Each time Satan tempted Jesus in Luke chapter 4, Jesus started his reply, It is written. It's written. It was the way of escape. It was the word of God. Christian, you and I can have victory over temptation through Jesus Christ, the Word, who became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Through His Word, Jesus said, It is written. The way to spiritual life and vitality and escaping temptation is the Word of God, hiding God's Word in our hearts. When you take a bank employee, they, they don't look all day at counterfeit bills and say, Okay, now I know what a counterfeit looks like. They handle the real thing so much that if they run across a counterfeit bill, they go, hold on. That's not real. That's fake. Why? Because they know what's real. Christian, when you know the scripture, when you know the word of God, we can face a temptation and a victory through Christ because we have a way of escape provided through scripture. I want to give you a statement I believe is vital. Satan cannot, don't miss this, Satan cannot defeat a Christian who has a personal, practical knowledge of God's word and uses it, and uses it. If I have a personal, practical knowledge of the word of God and I will use it, I can have victory over temptation. God gives us that victory. Number three, and I love this. I want to talk to you as we close tonight about the promise to the tempted. The promise to the tempted. And by the way, we are the tempted. You are the tempted. I am the tempted. God had a message for us and has a message for us as we face temptation. As we desire victory. He doesn't leave us alone. He doesn't leave us to face temptation alone. 
He doesn't leave us to face an overpowering enemy on our own. He's with us. He's given us promises that we can rely on for victory. As we think of victory tonight, lastly, there's victory in the Word of God. There's victory in the Word of God. And Jesus said in verse 4, I want you to see it with me. And Jesus answered him saying, It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. Christian, we have victory in the word of God. Every word of God is the answer. Every word of God is that protection. It is that guard against temptation. The Bible is God's complete revelation of man. By the way, this is it. There's no volume two coming out. Uh, there's no appendix that you need. This is all. There's no new revelation. And mark it down whenever you hear the words, God told me that person is a liar unless it came from this book. This is all of God's word. I have everything I need. Imagine, if you will, if this wasn't it, if there was more God needed to give me, why would God leave me without what I need? Why would God allow me to face temptation without the tool that he gave me to face it? He's given me all. He's given me everything. I have all of God's word. The Bible is God's complete revelation to man. It doesn't need to be added to. It doesn't need to be altered or changed. By the way, God's pretty particular about that. He says, whosoever shall add to or take away, his part will I take out of my book. God's pretty serious about that. So I have the word of God. I have victory in the word of God. I'll never be mature or victorious over sin and temptation of sin without the word of God Christian if you've got a struggle and we all do if there's a particular area of struggle and temptation can I tell you the answer get in your Bible oh but pastor I need a, I need a program I, I'm not opposed to programs but you need the word of God if you don't load up with the ammunition of the word of God, you're not going to have anything to fight against temptation. You're going to come up empty. A couple times in my life, I've had bears that have decided that they wanted to eat me. I guess I look delicious. I don't know. On both occasions, well, three occasions, I guess. When that's happened, I remember one particular occasion. I was out by Cynthia. Alberta, I walked back in about a mile from my vehicle and I had a pack frame and I was carrying in bags of popcorn. And I don't mean bags, I mean big <coughs> drum liners full of popcorn. And I'm carrying these big bags of popcorn on my back and I went in and I was putting popcorn in this big 55-gallon plastic drum that the bears were coming in and eating and some other things. And When I got there, there was a bear and she was... Been around her many times. She had come up and sniffed, put her nose against my boot, Brother Maud, more than one occasion while I was up in a tree. Get out of here, you stupid bear. 
I don't have a healthy fear of bears. It's not, it's not healthy, and I don't recommend it. But this bear, I'd seen her. She was there all the time. I talked to her like we were buddies. One time I was there, and she won't leave. Okay, well, I'm coming down now. I'm going to get out of the tree. I'm going home. You enjoy your food. I, that had happened. I'd been around this bear. I get there, and as I'm going to put the popcorn in the barrel, that same bear is about over where Milton is, about the same size as Milton. Actually, looked a lot like Milton and had a little more hair up here. But she stood up and looked at me. And I've got a big bag of popcorn. I'm trying to get the lid off and trying to put the And I said, calm down. I'm giving you some food. It's gonna, I didn't want to shoot her. I'm like, I'm going to give you some food so I can shoot your great-great-great-grandfather your later tonight. And as I'm putting it in, she's, <laughs> she's jumping up and down and popping her teeth and stomping. And I'm still like, calm down. Like, it's going to be all right. And then she started to what I thought was bluff charge. Sometimes black bears do what's called bluff charging. And they'll run, and then they'll stop trying to scare you. I wasn't scared. Uh, but I realized when she started charging, she's not bluffing. She's not going to stop. I quickly reached down and grabbed a 12-gauge. <laughs> I dropped the popcorn. I picked the gun up, and when that bear was about from me to a mod, as it was coming at me, I got the gun down just in time to squeeze the trigger. And the bear kept coming, knocked me down. I, was, I mean, flattened me. She was dead. I called my wife, and I'm sure remember or not, I called her immediately after because I was supposed to stay out there. I was going to come home after that. And I called her, and I said, hey, Carrie, I'm, I'm, I'm coming home. She's like, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. I said, no, no, what, what's going on? Something's not right. I said, well, I, you know, I just got knocked down by a bear, but it's dead. I'm all right. But I'll tell you what, I was sure glad that I had a 12-gauge. <laughs> I was sure glad that I'd remember to put the ammunition inside the 12-gauge. Why? Probably saved my life. Christian, you better have the Word of God inside of you. I better know it. I better study it. Why? Because it is the ammunition that I need to face the temptation for the victory. Victory over temptation comes through the word of God, through knowledge of God's word, through use of God's word. As we think about the victory that we have, I said there's victory in the word of God. Quickly, and I got two more very quick points and I'll rush here. There's victory in submitting to God. Victory in submitting to God. When God speaks to us through his word, he's not just giving us information to make us smarter. By the way, when you read the Bible, it's not just so we can analyze it and learn it, although we should learn the word of God. God says that his word is alive. It's powerful. It's not just me, I need to research and I need to know and I need to have this. I need to let it inside of me. I need to submit to God's word and to God's plan. The Bible says we're not to make it easy for ourselves to sin. We need to submit to God. And lastly, there's victory in resisting Satan. There is victory in resisting Satan. Somebody once said, if you don't want a rotten apple, stay out of the devil's orchard. 
We should leave behind any situation, any group, any friend group, any environment that pulls us down, that opens the door for temptation. We need to avoid it. We need to resist it. By the way, if you struggle with, with drunkenness, by the way, it's not alcoholism, it's drunkenness. If you struggle with drunkenness, let me help you. Stay out of the bar. I mean, that just makes... Some, some of you, uh, in your past life, you came from that lifestyle. Some of you could testify tonight that you remember those days. And you know that if you, <laughs> if you went to the bar, what was going to happen? Stay away from it. Stay away from it. By the way, the same could be said of any temptation in life. We need to resist it. We need to stay away. Don't go knock on the door and peek in and say, oh, I'm not supposed to do this. I'm, just, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to look. There you go. Resist the devil, the Bible says, and he will flee from you. There is victory. Hebrews says, for we have an high priest which cannot be touched. We have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities. But was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Christian, there is grace to help in time of need. I can have victory over temptation through Jesus Christ. He's the one that brings the victory. Because Jesus endured the temptation of Satan. We can come to him with confidence. He's the one that can help us. He's the one that is the answer. It is written, the Bible says. There's victory in resisting him. Let's pray together. Lord, we sure thank you for the victory that we have in Christ. We thank you for the victory through the word of God. And Lord, we do confess tonight that every one of us, because of our flesh, we struggle. The devil comes at us with the same game plan he has for thousands of years. Lord, we do not face him alone, and we do not have to face him unarmed. Lord, you've given us your word. Lord, I pray you'd help us tonight to realize that we have victory through the Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray tonight for that one here that, Lord, maybe he's really been struggling in one area of their life. Lord, maybe they've kind of given up hope. Maybe they've thrown in the white flag and said, I just, I can't do it. Lord, tonight I pray that they would find victory in Christ. Lord, I pray that every believer would arm themselves, that we would be loaded with the word of God. That we would rack your truth into battery in our mind and our heart, ready to face temptation. That we'd be yielded to you. And Lord, we would simply resist. Lord, would you give us victory. Thank you for the victory that's in Christ. Bless us now during this time of invitation. In your precious name we pray.